0: We don't get overwhelmed because we don't know what to do. We get overwhelmed when we don't know what we're supposed to do next. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name is Heather Gray. I'm a mindset performance coach over at ChooseToHaveItAll.com, where I work with online business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs to live their best lives so they can run their best businesses. I'm really happy to be back with you today. I took a couple of days off from the podcast, so I hope you got to catch up on all the back episodes. And today we're diving in deep with an important topic for any business owner or anybody just really, looking to organize their lives a little bit better. We're talking about overwhelm and that quote you heard me say, the idea that we don't get overwhelmed because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We get overwhelmed because we don't know what we're supposed to do next comes from Matthew Kimberly. He's an online entrepreneur as well and he uh, is a sales coach. I grabbed that quote from him when I heard him on a podcast. I thought it was great. I've been using it ever since and I certainly want to make sure he gets due credit. Because here's the thing when it comes to overwhelm, right? The first thing everybody wants to do when they get overwhelmed is to start Googling for all the productivity hacks. They want to find an online management system. They want to find a new tool, a new app, a new planner. There are so many planners out there these days, actually, you'd be amazed to find that out. But here's the thing: overwhelm really isn't about productivity or efficiency. That I think is a misunderstanding. But it's also too that if we can tell ourselves that we're overwhelmed and it's just because we're not organized, that's an easier problem to solve. But more often than not, when we get in that overwhelmed state, that's because we can't get out of our own way and we can't get out of our heads. And in order to get less overwhelmed and to feel more in control of who we are, what we're doing, and what we need to do next, we've got to get a handle on things. We have to own what we need to do and own what we need to do next. And tune in. I'm going to show you how right on the other side. I'm not saying that organization isn't important. It's critical. We can't run successful lives and businesses without being organized. And we do need effective and efficient organization systems and planners to get the job done. I get it. I know it. But what I'm saying and what I'm arguing in this discussion is the idea that if we try to start with organization before we get out of our own heads, we're setting ourselves up to fail. Because overwhelm is entirely emotional. It comes from a feeling based place and we have to deal with that feeling and the thought errors in the thinking errors that are connected to that Before we can get organized if we just rush in buy a new planner get invested in a new Organizational system, we're going to abandon it in seven days or less Because we haven't solved the real problem And that's what we're thinking and feeling about the particular situation that we're sitting in front of So here's the deal ask anyone and they're going to give you a different plan of attack. This is how I attack overwhelm. It's one way. I want you to think it through. I want you to walk yourself through it and give it a shot a couple of times before you abandon it and try something new because it takes 21 days to build a new habit. And a lot of times when we're trying something new, we're stepping somewhat outside our comfort zones, we're doing something we've never done before. It's really hard to see if it's working because we don't know what that unfamiliar feeling is if it just comes from being new or if because we haven't solved the problem. So here's where I want you to start. I want you to think about the situation at hand that's causing all of these crazy feelings, that's making you think you're incapable, that's giving you a complete crisis of confidence and all of the tasks in front of you and the things you know you need to do, the things you know you should do and all of that crazy stuff that's whirling about in your head. And I want you to take a moment and take a breath. And I want you to just think about What will give you the most bang for your emotional buck, your physical buck, financially, or time-wise? If we remove one thing from the scenario you're looking at, what gives you breathing room? So many times people aren't sure what they need to do next. So many times they're trying to get a different outcome or try to set themselves up for success. But there's some huge honking thing in their way. It might be the task that they know they need to get done, but they don't know how to do. So they're skirting around it and they're doing all the little tiny things. It might be something that's going to take a huge chunk of time and they can't perceive the time frame where that job is going to get done so they don't know when it's going to get done and then they tell themselves a story that it can't be done. You see how that goes, that crazy making cycle. I want you to think about the situation you're looking at. And if we take one thing, one task, one event, one anything you're staring at, and we give you complete freedom and we remove it from your plate, what gives you the most bang for your buck? What will really take a huge monkey off your back, a huge pile of stress, something that if that one thing was behind you, everything would feel easier. The thing you're thinking about may not be common sense to do. But it's clearly something that's getting in your way. So to get out of your way, you got to get that done first. For me, that one thing is often the tedious tasks, the things that require a lot of steps or that have a lot of details attached to them and a lot of moving parts. Those are the things I tend to avoid. And when I get overwhelmed, it's usually because one of those things is staring me in my face and I just need to move it back, get it done and get past it. But you need to know yourself here because whatever sort of gives you the most bang for your buck is going to be individual to you based on how you work how you move through the world the way you think the way you emotionally react to things it's not going to be obvious to everyone but you'll know that about yourself the next thing i want you to think about is what happens when you remove your sense of self And your self worth from the outcome of the situation you're facing. So often we get overwhelmed when the ending, the end result, whatever it is we're hoping to have, see, be, feel, or experience on the other side of it means a lot to us. Sometimes it means everything. And when something's really important, we get caught in our heads, we think, We double think, we second guess, we start, we stop, we try again, we go forward, we erase. The episodes of this podcast that have been the most critical to me, the times when I really wanted to nail it for you and get it right, are always the episodes with a million stops and starts where I start recording and I say it one way and I stop and I do it another way because it becomes so important to me that I connect with you, that I give a good message. that I deliver value and when I get caught in that trap of not knowing I did it right or whether or not I could have done it better whether or not that was my best version that's always when I'm hitting stop erase and re-recording because I'm attached to the outcome if you're too attached to the outcome of what you're facing you may not move you get frozen and stuck in paralysis of the end result and you find yourself unable to make decisions, ineffective in your organization and unable to move to the next step. I want you to start to think about the conversations we've had about failure, rejection and vulnerability because that's what we're talking about again here. That when we really care about the outcome, it's incredibly vulnerable and we want so badly to get it right that we often trip up on ourselves and end up getting it wrong. But if we don't tie our self-worth, our self-perception, or our sense of accomplishment from the end result, when it ceases to become personal and we can make it more about efficiency organization, business, something less emotional, we're far more likely to set this thing up for some some success. We need to start thinking about ourselves and our sense of selves as separate from the outcome of the things we do. And when we're building businesses, on our personal brands or we're trying to build our lives better, it's entirely personal and it can feel impossible to separate. But if you can remind yourself, I am not the end result. I am not defined by this success or failure. This does not define me. If you can take a beat, sit in that, Repeat it as often as necessary you will start to see possibilities and ways of attacking the problem or situation that were escaping you earlier. Because you were so tied to the worth, you were eliminating options, you were seeing obstacles where they didn't exist, and you were eliminating your, like you were reducing your scope or your view of a situation because you got too tied to the outcome. But if you start looking at it with your business mind and in analytical perspective, you're gonna find the clarity that's been missing. What happens now when you remove the expectations of other people from your view of the situation? When you stop thinking about how other people are going to react, think, or feel to whatever it is you're staring at and whatever it is is before you? What happens when you stop worrying about what other people will think? We've talked a lot about managing fears of vulnerability and rejection here. And this is where it comes to play, right? Because we have to put ourselves out there, we have to do something that's important to us, and we have to open ourselves up to what other people will think feel and how they will react? What if they hate it? What if they, it pisses people off? What if they don't understand it? What if we, you know, put an offer out there or do something new for our businesses and nobody buys? What if, what if, what if? The reality is, is and we know this already, we have no control over that part. The only part we can control is how we move through the world, what we do in response to our own thoughts and our own feelings. And when we get connected to what other people think or what other people feel about what we're doing, we're giving them control over what happens next. And of course we get overwhelmed when that happens. We no longer have a sense of control. We no longer feel like this thing is in our hands and we've got it. First, you have to let go of your own sort of worth and sense of self connected to the outcome. And then the next step is relieving yourself of the expectations that other people bring. It, I know it's hard. I know that this is the thing that trips people up and this is where people get stuck. But when you tie emotional reactions to physical tasks at hand, You're setting yourself up for success because quid pro quo simply doesn't work. You have to get a sense that those feelings, thoughts, and opinions that other people have are separate from what you're doing, what you're accomplishing, and what you need to have happen next. And then I want you to look at the list, all that stuff that's running about in your head. And PS, if it's still just running about in your head and you haven't simply tried to write it down, then that's probably where we're gonna start when we do an organizational system. Like first we gotta get it physically out of your head and physically onto paper. But that's not where I'm going with this. When you think about this entire list of things you're managing, The next thing I want you to look at where you might be getting in your own way and getting a little bit stuck is, are you doing the things that you want to do, that you believe are necessary, that you feel are the next steps of whatever project or situation you're looking at? Or are you getting overwhelmed because there's a list of things you think you should be doing because those people out there think you need to do A, B, and C before you can get to D and you just want to get to D are you running your own show or are you running a plan that's been heavily influenced by other people so heavily influenced that you've lost your voice you've lost your sense of self and it's someone else's show now Because overwhelm strikes us when we are not making the decisions, when we're not listening to our gut, when we're not setting ourselves up for success, when we're not tuning into how we best serve, that is often when overwhelm starts nipping at our heels. If you want to get control of a situation immediately, make darn sure you're the one running the show and that you're not listening to all the coulda, shoulda, wouldas in your head, trying to filter them out, listen to them, sift through or sort them. If they are running your show, that needs to stop and you need to get in the driver's seat of your life here and leave the shoulds on the side of the road. I shared with you on an episode several weeks ago at this point, that a listener had given me feedback that I was apologizing too much, that I apologized because I was recording the podcast through an app, that I re- apologized when the sound quality was off, that anytime I was imperfect, anytime the show wasn't going the way I wanted it to go, I was apologizing. And it was incredible feedback that I like literally <laughs> have like a post it note on my computer screen when I record this show that says, stop apologizing but one of the things I needed to do in order to stop apologizing all the time to own the things that don't work and obviously communicate transparently but stop, you know, thinking of myself as less than is I needed to stop comparing myself to other people and the way I believed a podcast should be run. I listen to a lot of podcasts. All of them are exceptionally produced and executed on. Like they're just implemented on a level that I'm never going to attain to because I'm not a public broadcasting station. I don't have all of the sound equipment. I was trying to measure myself up against these shows that are produced by professionals with teams of people and researchers. And when my show didn't measure up, I felt like I needed to apologize. We're never going to get clear on what we need to do next until we can be unapologetic about who we are, how we move through the world, and where we are in the story. Because we hear this all the time in the Facebook news feeds and the Instagram posts and the Pinterest quotes but we can't compare our day 10 to somebody's day 10,000 and I know that's what I was doing when I first started out and my guess is is if you're sitting in overwhelm and you're looking left and right to what other people are doing thinking and feeling you're caught in that same trap and you are going to remain overwhelmed until you make a conscious choice to get out of it speaking of choices when we get overwhelmed we are often looking at a list of things that we simply do not want to do that are burdensome that are stressful, that are boring, that are tedious, um, that are gross, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. But there are reasons for why we're getting overwhelmed. And a lot of times they're tied because they're connected to tasks that we simply don't want to do. A good way to become less overwhelmed and more focused is to ask yourself what is the natural consequence that will happen if i don't do this what on the other side of inaction will find me And if you decide that, like, there's not really going to be a consequence, no one will know, the world doesn't end, you're not going to be feeling any more distressed than you are now, nothing is really going to be affected in the small or big picture of your life that you can't live with, then maybe you just take those things off your list. But if you need to get motivated to get things done, a really good way to do that is to remind yourself of what it will feel like and what it will be like if you don't get those things done, if you don't choose to get focused, get organized, put the pedal to the metal and just get it done. Remind yourself of what you stand to lose and you usually will make a choice to do what you will gain. Once you're clear that this overwhelming thing is really necessary, and that you're unwilling to live with the natural consequence of not doing it, it's time to get focused, because you've removed your sense of worth and your attachment to the outcome. You've removed other people's expectations from your attachment to the outcome. You've gotten crystal clear on the picture of what you need to have happen, and you've removed all of the coulda, shoulda, wouldas from the story. Once you do that, you've removed the, the mindset gremlins and the mind blocks that have gotten in the way and that are contributing to your overwhelm. And once you've removed those things, you're far more set up for success to implement with efficiency and make things more effective in the long term. But still, when there's a big list and you don't know what to do next, a really good way to tackle this is to ask for help. I've shared with you that my husband and I are in the middle of this gigunda transition in a cross-country move. He has a disability, so it takes 50 million different steps to get from point A to point B on a good day. When we're doing it in a new environment with a new situation in a new state and all of that, everything, gets more impacted. I couldn't move and pack boxes the way anybody else could because I constantly had to make sure that there was a path open and available for the wheelchair. There are all these little things that I needed to think about. I needed to call a real estate agent. I needed to get handymen in and all of the different steps. And when I got unclear on what I should be doing or the order that I should be doing things in, I asked my dad. He's bought a lot of houses. He's done a lot of work himself, and he's hired people to do work. My husband and I were not in that boat. We we rented apartments and then moved into a condo where the living situation is very similar to apartment living. So single family dwellings are completely new to us. Renovating, you know, property completely new to us. There was a lot we didn't know, and so I didn't pretend to know. And I didn't expect myself to know. I just expected myself to be willing to find the answer. And the easiest way to find the answer when you are sitting in a pile of overwhelm is to share the story and situation with someone you trust. To say, I need a second set of eyes on this. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I want to do. These are the perceived obstacles. I have, you know, limited money. I have limited." Time. I have prior commitments that I've said yes to that I'm trapped in. Fill in the blank there. But when you run it down with someone else, they sometimes can see the hole that's staring right in front of you that you're going to miss. This isn't about being able to do it all yourself. This is about taking control of the situation. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to increase your reach by expanding the number of people looking at the situation. The next thing I want you to do is remind yourself that everything is Googleable. <laughs> we get overwhelmed when we don't know how to do things. There's a lot in this move that I don't know how to do. We're not even like in California yet. Now we're in an extended stay for the next several weeks while we get our home ready to sell and put it on the market and do all of those tasks. There's a lot we don't know. We didn't know, for example, whether or not when we're selling a unit, do we need a lawyer? I knew that when we were buying a unit, we did, but what's the legal risk when we're selling? Those types of things. So I Googled them. I didn't expect myself to know. I didn't like give myself a hard time for not knowing. I've never sold a property before. The condo was the first piece of property we purchased. I've never done this part. My husband has never done this part. We didn't know, so we looked it up. So many times people get overwhelmed when they don't know how, rather than solving that problem, and figuring it out. As I've been talking to you today, I find myself thinking about jigsaw puzzles. I love doing jigsaw puzzles and when we move to our new home I really can't wait to have a table specifically set aside for working on a puzzle where I don't have to move the puzzle when somebody needs the table and I don't have to slide it under the couch or out of view. I don't have to constantly move and fidget and configure my puzzle in order (laughs) to meet the needs of other people using the space. I really love the idea of just always having a puzzle on a table that I'm working on for an hour to two hours or a minute or two minutes whenever I have time. And I was thinking about that first moment after you've picked the puzzle you want to work on and you open the box. If you've ever done a jigsaw puzzle with anybody and you ever do one with me, you will see there are a lot of strong opinions about puzzle making. Some people, like myself, will want to start with the outline. Other people like getting the pieces like organized by colors. Other people pick a central focal object in the puzzle and they just start pulling out the pieces that look like that, like that might be connected to that object. People attack that problem with all kinds of different perspectives, point of views, and opinions. And there really is no wrong way to do it. I would probably argue that there's some better ways and some not so good ways, but I digress. It'll all get you to the same destination. What you need is to recognize the method of a situation or attacking a situation rather that sets you personally up for success. What do you need to do? to make this thing successful. How do you best function? With jigsaw puzzles, I best function when I do the outline first, when I have a sense of how large the puzzle is and the scope of the pieces, etc., etc. But, you know, again, ask anybody and they're gonna give you their own perspective. What sets you up for success? How do you best work, perform? Are you better in the mornings? Are you better in the evenings? When do you sort of feel most efficient and on top of things. Are you somebody who needs the dishes in the sink done before you can focus on your work day? Are you somebody who needs to make the bed? You know, the entrepreneurs and coaching group I'm in love to have the debate to whether or not you can wear casual clothes if you work from home all the time, or are you more efficient if you get in work clothes? I myself know I am more efficient if I'm dressed for work. So as I record this podcast every day. I'm already dressed for work. None of you know it, but I know it gets me in that professional mindset. It gets me organized and focused, and I feel like I'm more clear-headed when I'm riffing because I don't write these things down ahead of time. I'm talking off the cuff here. Sometimes I'll have an outline, but mostly I'm just going in my head, and I feel most efficient and most capable when I'm dressed in work clothes to do that. Not everybody needs that, but I know that I do. So I give myself those things. What sets you up for success? So often those are the things we compromise. If you need the, you know, if you need the desk to be organized at the house, but your husband sort of or your wife leaves things everywhere, you'll try to arrange and avoid dealing with the mess at the desk because you don't want to deal with the conversation with your spouse. But if you know you need a clean desk to feel organized, you have to work it out and get that desk cleaned. We can't know ourselves. What's the point of doing all this personal development work? Of coming to a place of knowing ourselves that once we know ourselves, we ignore what we know and we tell ourselves we can't have the things that. Set us up for success because they're too time-consuming or they're going to inconvenience somebody. We have to use what we know to set ourselves up for the best possible case of success. Knowing yourself is also going to come down to knowing your weaknesses owning them, and accepting them. We all have weaknesses, and we can do this personal development journey till we're blue in the face, and we're always going to have weaknesses. There's things we can improve upon. There's things that we can become more mindful of and aware of. But at the end of the day, we're not really going to change our stripes. Like, not really. Um, And at least not without a lot of work. So one of the things I know about effective and, you know, top-notch podcasting is that consistency is important. And I know that since I set this show out to be a Monday through Friday workday daily podcast, that I knew that to set it up for success... I need to have reserved time. I need to have time blocks set up, you know, aside for it. I need to have a routine that guarantees that it will happen. And that's what I've done. And <laughs> if you need to know, it's usually always after I've eaten breakfast. So I've gotten up, I've done my workout, I've eaten breakfast, I've, you know, gotten into my work clothes, I've gotten organized for the day, and then I start to hit record. Now last week was a little bit different. We were living in a hotel, the Wi-Fi and connectivity was a little bit spotty. We were also in the process of figuring out how we were going to move to our next extended stay where we were staying for a little bit longer before we eventually head out to the West Coast. And then our workmen in our house who were working on our condo, getting needed to sell, needed my attention. There were too many things that were overwhelming me to figure out how I would get that podcast done. I knew that I could have done it. I knew I could have solved the problem, figured out a time block and gotten it done. I really didn't think the episodes would be any good because what was important to me was getting this move done with all of the details checked, with everything taken care of, and with both of us feeling like we could still breathe a little bit. So I made a choice not to record last Thursday or Friday. That is the natural consequence I chose because I know I tend to get scattered when there are a lot of things around me not entirely in my control. The, you know, the disrupted Wi-Fi, the, um, the moving from one hotel to another, the packing up from one hotel to another, managing phone calls. I was never going to give you a podcast that was worth the damn so I didn't bother doing it. And I knew that because that's one of my weaknesses. Those of you who watch Big Bang Theory, um, my husband and I definitely have these moments where we're both like the character Sheldon, and I call it the Shelley moments, and we start to twitch and flutter when things <laughs> don't necessarily go the way we need them to go. I know that I tend to get very ritualized about some things, and I need a sense of order, and I know that's my downfall. I can be flexible with the best of them when it comes to managing people, when it comes to managing a lot of things. But when it comes down to tasks that need to get done, I do tend to get pretty rigid, and it is my weakness, so I pay attention to it. I acknowledge it. I don't try to fight it. I just work with it to own what needs to get done in the best possible way. I knew by Monday, we'd be in our new place, we'd be here for a couple of days, all moved in, all settled in, and we are, and it's fine, and now I'm able to talk to you with ease. I've set myself up for success by reducing the overwhelm. I got rid of all the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and I did it the way I needed it to get done to deliver my best content. I talked to you in an episode last week about the idea of confidence and competence it becomes like a chicken and an egg scenario, right? That we need confidence in order to feel confident, but that in order <laughs> to build our confidence, we need to be confident at something. Those two concepts go hand in hand. When we tune into what sets us up for success to be competent, when we tune into the things we need in order to feel confident, we are far more able to deliver what needs to get done with efficiency and in an effective manner. Because bringing those two skills and feelings to the table set us up for a measurable success. When we leave them cast aside, when we value the coulda, shoulda, wouldas over them, when we attach our worth to the ending, when we ignore those facts of things we know about ourselves that set ourselves up for success, we have effectively set ourselves up to fail and to be entirely overwhelmed. But when we get clear and focused on what needs to happen, and why it needs to happen, things become far more possible, and we're capable, we're competent, and we're confident. You've totally got this. Walk yourself through this process. Maybe you need to walk yourself through it a second time, but I know you can become less overwhelmed and more confident and capable in your decision making. And I can't wait to hear what happens next. Give it some thought. Let me know what you think. Write back to me, Heather, at ChooseToHaveItAll.com with your experiences with this. I'd love to know. And again, if you'd like to do a call-in episode on this show or if you have a question for the podcast that you'd like me to answer in a future episode, you can also find me at Heather at ChooseToHaveItAll.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow.